Welcome, everyone, to the Watchmen podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial podcast for Watchmen on HBO. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everyone. The Watchmen podcast by Fantastic Geek revisits Chapter 7, A Brother to Dragons. Pete, counting down to New York Comic Con, where we will be seeing the pilot, counting down to seeing other pals at New York Comic Con, and of course, counting down to about a month now until Watchmen finally hits HBO. The anticipation has never been higher. Uh, One really, really excellent interview done by Entertainment Weekly, and it's not often that that happens, Matt, given our interaction with some of the entertainment, or shall I say, thankfully, some of the former Entertainment Weekly, now monthly, but still called weekly, staff who uh, have, yeah, whatever. Um, But really great interview, deep dive with Damon Lindelof about the world of the show. Uh, We will very shortly be bringing you a uh, solo podcast dealing just with the information disclosed in that interview as uh, some people have begun to now view the pilot. We will be seeing the pilot on uh, Friday, October 4th at New York Comic Con. And of course, bringing that all to you as much as we're, we're allowed, as much as we can, prior to the premiere on Sunday, uh, October 20th at 9 p.m. Focus today, though, we're talking Chapter 7 of the graphic novel. Its summary from the wiki at watchmen.fandom.com is as follows. The opening image, Night Owl's hovercraft reflected in the lens of a goggle from his costume. Laurie explores Dan's underground base further, almost setting it on fire after mistaking one of the buttons on Archie's console for a cigarette lighter. It was a flamethrower. Dan explains his collection of superhero inventions and mementos, often talking them down along with his own beliefs. Lori, captivated, tries her best to raise his spirits and uphold his nostalgia. Upstairs, Dan and Lori start to watch TV when passion sparks between them. They uh, attempt to make love, but Dan is unable to continue. The pair fall asleep and Dan has a nightmare of a nuclear explosion. Dan awakes and slouches naked to the basement. Lori finds him and consoles him. They find out that a nearby tenement is on fire. Donning their costumes, they set out in Archie to rescue the block's inhabitants. After they are led to safety, Dan's passion is reawakened, partly due to the fact that he's in costume. The pair are intimate on board. Afterward, Dan realizes that in order to get to the bottom of the case, they have to break Rorschach out of prison. Closing quotation, I am a brother to dragons and a companion to owls. My skin is black upon me and my bones are burned with heat. That's from the book of Job, chapter 30, verses 29 and 30. The attached document, Pete, the aforementioned blood from the shoulder of Pallas, the ornithology article by Daniel Dryberg. That's absolute favorite attached document. We will dig into that in due course. But Matt... I mean, so much to dig in here from a uh, subtle uh, standpoint. I mean, to begin with Lori making Archie prematurely fire and then later on uh, firing right on time on all cylinders even. Indeed, that image uh, as the intimacy occurs in the owl ship. 
when there it is floating. There's already smoke in the air. Kind of the fog button has been pushed, and somebody pushes the the flamethrower button, and whoom, it comes out in this straight, hearty line. Um, no, no lack of subtlety there. Similarly, you know, I can't imagine reading this in some sort of uh, you know new state. Like you know, th- the graphic novel has always been complete when I've ever wanted to read it. I haven't been reading it month to month in the '80s, etc. And if you weren't clear that they were doing a riff on DC to a certain level, uh, the notion here we are looking at the the uh, Night Owl's belt with all the gadgets, and now we're inside the Owl ship, and it's got this contraption and that contraption and water cannons and the screecher and look here are the auxiliary costumes for underwater work for ice work and it's like oh my goodness this is batman of the 60s and 70s yeah and then you bring in the toyification of you know the the batman action figure line that consisted of batman and here's batman and here's snow batman and here's space Batman and here's Batman. And they so deliciously both toy with it and make it realistic in a way that alludes to the silly stuff that had gone on before and makes all the real world tension of, you know, Afghanistan being invaded by the Russians and Hey, let's, uh, you know, on the TV, get away from a little bit of that. Let's, let's have Ozymandias doing his gymnastics routine when, um, you know, things suddenly get intense on the couch there. I mean, it's just a really, really well done chapter that both continues the building tension at the same time, gives us this background on Dan. I think too, well done, but also a bit of a respite from some of the more experimental chapters. We're not trying to contextualize uh, understanding time at all points, as with Dr. Manhattan. We're not getting the the accessible, but still ultimately uh, distanced narration of Rorschach. You know, it was then that uh, Walter put on the mask. Walter took in a breath, then uh, Rorschach let out a breath, you know, that's sort of like, okay, I get what you're saying psychologically, but that's not the life I lead of split personalities with this. It's just, it's basically two people hanging out a little bit of smoochy smooch. Yes. They, they rescue the tenement fire, but by and large, there's a lot of talk in this chapter and it doesn't feel that way. Sometimes the art, uh, helps facilitate talky sections. There's one page, which of course I don't have in front of me at the moment, but when they're in the owl ship, we're continuing for most, if not all, of the uh, of the chapter with that three by three uh, frame there, and then on page seven we have you know a lengthy bit of talking in the owl ship, and there are three center panels that basically the quote unquote camera does not move across those three panels. We see panel one, the left end of the owl ship; panel two, the right end of the owl ship; panel three, the exit back into the base uh, into the basement. And the dialogue carries across all three. It's kind of cool to see this wider look of the ship and whatnot. But it's basically just Dave Gibbons' way to facilitate a ton of important dialogue. There had to be a real temptation, given the events of the previous chapter, for more 
to just stick with this story to not update anything else that's gone on and that they choose to continue to do that. You know, you've got the landlord, the landlady saying that, uh, you know, uh, Walter uh, Kovacs was a Nazi pervert. I, I could almost hear her if I had one editorial uh, thing, you know, have her say Nazi prevert instead, you know, can't even, she's going to judge him and can't even get the, get the word correct, you know, and again, that they're just hanging out on the couch and, you know, the world is crumbling around them and it's just two people, uh, trying to, trying to get closer together. Um, it makes what's going on between them that much more intimate in light of, everything else and pete that's why the attached document here is so early i I will read a little bit to you and we can reflect on how how just deeply this is illuminating our understanding of these characters somewhere away in the crepuscular gloom beyond the yellow lit hospital grounds i thought i heard something small emit its ultimate squeal the moment had passed i could move again along with all the relieved invisible denzians of the tall grass we were all safe Again, it, this goes on for some time. This is probably 20 paragraphs of owl stuff that I guess uh, Alan Moore had a lovely time researching on, <laughs> researching owls a bit and coming up with phrases like uh, seeing the darkness through dilated and thirsty pupils. The owl had already spotted its dinner. Um, I, I dislike this, Pete. Your thoughts? There is the transition in both the graphic portion of the chapter and even in this attached document. Okay. Uh, And I quote, nowadays, when I observe some specimen of Kareen Noctua, I try to look past the fine gray down on the toes to see beyond the white spots arranged in neat lines like a firework display across its brow. Instead, I try to see a bird whose image the Greeks carved into their coins, sitting patiently at the ear of the goddess Pallas Athene, silently sharing her immortal wisdom. Let's remember, too, that Athena, the goddess of war and wisdom, the irony, and within this chapter, the irony that Dan is both impotent and, you know, heading into the later part of his life, later middle age and struggling, but at the same time recaptures his vigor. And it's a weird character moment i'm certainly not saying icky this is a book that's meant for adults but it's a weird character moment when he gets up from the couch and there he is nude interesting although i think appropriate that uh shall we say pete his his full nudity is not shown to us either because of his back being turned or or um being uh drawn from the waist up or in shadow that sort of thing i think you kind of don't get anything there's no story bonus from seeing him fully nude versus, say, Dr. Manhattan, who, uh, Pete, to quote a book, was not ashamed in his nudity. Um, but to have him there just in the in the, the, the night owl lair, I know it's the basement, but in this lair, 
just has the goggles on and then finally realizes it's time to suit up. Um, there's that moment. And then I think perhaps the starting point is a bit earlier when they are on the couch. Pete, he's looked like this sad sack the entire time. Uh, the, the, the frown lines, I guess that's what they're called. Pete, we're so youthful. I don't even know what those lines are called, <laughs> but those kind of frown lines on the cheeks, you know, kind of really highlighted. And uh, oftentimes in this chapter, his glasses are colored. So, you know, by the, the color or not, you know, not tinted, that is to say. Um, but you kind of can't see his eyes, can't see the soul. Pete, when she takes his glasses off, that is the spinning image of Patrick Wilson. And this was drawn in 1986. Yeah. Yeah. And they did a great job with that casting of a place where that film nails it. You know, so often we take the Zack Snyder uh, 2009 movie to task. Um, but Matt, who among us, and by us, I mean uh, your two approaching middle age podcast hosts here, hasn't stood uh, with our uh, paunch of prosperity, prosperity and really nothing else, admiring a uh, superhero costume we have in a subterranean lair um, of our homes. <laughs> Well, perhaps I haven't. Perhaps I haven't been to that point. I, I will say it's an interesting, perhaps obvious, but it is an interesting bit of analysis that kind of only as Night Owl can he express himself physically. Um, I don't know how. I don't know that there's a need for us to delve too deeply, but certainly it's an interesting observation that as Dan Dryberg, he can't do this do this act, but as Night Owl, he's ready to go. I suppose if we had a doctor here, they would say, well, there's also been the increase in self-esteem. There's been the increase in cardiovascular. He's got, uh, you know, energy running through him now. But quite a thing, Pete, quite a thing. It would be very interesting to put this issue out in today's climate um, when we get to the rescue mission, if you will, that Lori is depicted far more sexually there again services story okay you mentioned you know get the old uh blood pumping obviously this these panels specifically the legs okay uh and the heels of lori depicted in such a way building towards the release um but you know, would this been looked upon as, uh, you know, cheesecakeification? Certainly, Lori has aged better than Dan. I think Lori has also taken more care of herself than Dan has. Uh, I'll just mention one other thing, Pete. So often, as we've mentioned before, even indeed in this podcast, the variation of the three by three page. Uh, you know, it's something that we've discussed. It's the pattern that they go with. Uh, so interesting that on page 27, I think really to speed up the to, to speed up what we're looking at and to also give us just little glimpses where the top two thirds now becomes instead of three by three by two, it now becomes you know uh, six by two. So we have these 12 little vertical panels where it's just the button pushing the fog. Um, you know, for the for the fog machine, seeing the, the fog going, and then just these little intimate moments of the buckle undone, the glove off, things like that. And then to have three of those merged together to one where it's like, hood off, 
and they're kissing and she's leaning back with a with a nude back then close up on the uh on the uh the fire uh thrower the flamethrower button there it must have been it must have been an interesting discussion for Zack Snyder to say how much of this movie do you just shoot panel by panel because they kind of gave you a great movie in the comic they did, but again, just could not take what was there to transfer, you know, no Ozymandias gymnastics routine. I mean, come on. It, it just works so well in light of what's happening in scene and in the background, the seeming inconsequence of this late night uh, charity gymnastics thing that uh the world's smartest man is doing for tv last thought from me this rather grounded fairly easy to understand um simply arced chapter uh is also now setting us up for the chapters to come in terms of we finish this chapter with with hey there kind of was this mystery of who's killing the masks or whatever, but then we kind of got away from it, and it kind of was in the background. Now we have this, hey, maybe Rorschach was onto something. We need to break him out because we need to find out who is doing this to these heroes. It's setting up a momentum that perhaps we did not need in the first three, four, five issues, uh, but now for you know the, the, remaining, uh, the remaining five, it helps to have that momentum. The Superman is not going to save us and seven issues deep into a total of 12, more than halfway over the line. Now we have picked that up. It's going to have to happen through, I say normal, you know, through these costumed underground heroes and of any of them that we might think might be able to blow open the case. Well, he's behind bars. So, they're setting up the eventual uh, rescue of Rorschach. Uh, Dan and Lori have now come together, and they uh, they are going to be the ones to push the plot forward. Well, Pete, next issue we can look forward to Dan and Lori and Rorschach getting that team back together. Our team made possible by... It's you, Pete. It's me. But then there's also the people who support us on Patreon.com slash Fantastic Geek. Always along for the ride, yet at the same time enabling our uh, spaceship, our hovership, to fly around and bring you these adventures. Everybody who contributes at Patreon.com slash Fantastic Geek gets access to exclusive podcast content, so you get to go in the layer uh, you get to put the night vision goggles on and all it takes is a dollar to be able to do that. And there's all sorts of levels past that. You want to push the the flamethrower button and light up your strange cigarette thing that has a weird bowl uh, attachment on it that Matt and I still are struggling to figure out what Lori is smoking. Uh, light them up if you if, smoke them if you got them. <sighs> Pete, all sorts of perks there. The best one, though, that's a freebie. That's talking to you on Twitter. How can people do so? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 10,651 followers. Can't be wrong. 
And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast, comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with a PH, all one word, like it today. We will be back in the coming days to continue to make our way through the graphic novel. Can't wait also to have that episode where we dig into the Entertainment Weekly, a monthly publication interview with Damon Lindelof. But for now, Pete, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. And he's down a perfect hecked dismount. <laughs> <laughs>